Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is May 20th. It is the Wednesday Night War podcast. I am joined by Alex Pawlowski. You can catch him every week, multiple times a week, doing sour graps reviews of Raw, SmackDown, and sometimes even pay-per-views. So make sure you all check those out. Well worth it, as is our Q&A show that drops every Thursday. We got backstage news dropping every Monday on the Backstage Report. Plenty of stuff over there. But you can catch Alex there. You can also catch Warren Hayes here on Fightful because it's his two-year Fightful-versary. Correct. It is. Congratulations. It is. Thank it you. Is. Yes. Two years ago, uh, two years ago, Shanwa Sapp, uh, who joins me here tonight, my esteemed colleague, uh, sent out a, tw- uh, a tweet saying, hey, any one of you jerks out there want to join me for a retro review of Great American Bash 1996? And I DM'd him, and I said, sure, I'll do it. So he DMs me back. He says, okay, cool. Do you have a decent microphone? He says, yeah, sure. He says, okay, we're recording on Friday. So I went out and bought a decent microphone. (laughs) (laughs) That is um, almost identical to the first time I did a podcast with Sean. Fake it until you make it, guys. Battleground 2016, I believe. It's like, hey, uh, I know you wanted to do podcasts. Can you do it tonight? Yes. You got a mic? Sure, I got a mic. <laughs> Went out to Best Buy and just hey, uh, hypothetically, the mic that I have, what should it be? Yeah, <laughs> get one of these. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I do remember that. Uh, the first podcasts I did were on a PlayStation Three headset, <laughs> and I was asked, "Hey, you want to get a higher quality mic?" And I'm like, "It gets higher than this." <laughs> <laughs> that was under five years ago, and here we are. Uh, as I posted on Twitter, too, it's four years since Jimmy Van first emailed me and said, hey, what's your status? Would you like to contribute? And I said, I would not like to contribute. Let me run the whole damn thing. <laughs> and he said, okay, human printing press, Sean Ross Sapp, let's do it. And if you guys want to uh, help me be the human printing press for Jimmy Van, donate a super chat. Any amount really helps us out. 
and it gets your question or statement read on the air. Anakin JMT says, R.I.P. Shad Gaspard. Found out he was the mocap actor and body model for Kratos in God of War 2018. Phenomenal mm-hmm. game and shows he was finding success outside the ring taken way too soon. This guy was was acting. He was writing comic books. He had been a bodyguard. He had been a wrestler. And most importantly, the guy is a goddamn hero. Uh, Alex, any any thoughts on Chad Gaspard and his passing? Yeah, I mentioned this uh, during uh, Sour Graps when I did uh, last night. Um, he was he, he turned out to be a true Renaissance man. Like you would not have thought, like watching those crime time stuff that he did back then, that he was going to wind up being such a well-rounded guy, mm-hmm. performer, so well-loved among all of his peers. Uh, it's a true tragedy. Um, I don't know if it's made somehow worse or better that he was a hero in the midst of it. Like, that's just, like, it's even more terrible that, that he's gone, but he goes out as a hero. Like, it's yeah. just it's just amazing. And had been a hero long before disarming an armed robber. He didn't know that the guy had a BB gun, so he took it from him anyway. Then when he saw that it was an air canister, decided, you know what, I think I'm going to slam this guy to the ground and choke him out as well until the authorities got there. Uh, Chad Gaspard is a hero. Uh, Warren, anything that you'd like to say about him? Um, all all you can you can tell the measure of someone's life by the responses that he or she gets when they pass away, and when you see unequivocal praise and uh, and uh, good sincere sentiments uh, towards this person, I mean, you can find a lot of solace in that in knowing that he did have a good life, that he was a good person because. The tributes and the love that came out were so spontaneous, real, and sincere. Uh, nothing, nothing was fabricated. This was a very, very good human being that was tragically taken from us. Also, uh, I've mentioned this on a few shows before, but I want to extend my condolences to the family of Larry Zonka of 411 Mania. I didn't have the pleasure of having a personal relationship with him like our lead wrestling writer Jeremy Lambert did. Those two worked together incredibly closely. And if there's anything that I can say, it's that work ethic of Larry rubbed off on Jeremy. Jeremy is one of the hardest workers we have ever had at Fightful. And when I got into wrestling media 10 years ago, I did not know what a wrestling observer was. I did not know what a Dave Meltzer Mm -hmm. was. And that's not me taking a shot at him. I was just a guy that read WrestleZone, Lords of Pain, and 401 Mania. And I read a lot of Larry Zonka's work. And I looked at that and I was like, man, I, w- I want to be able to – I want people to value my opinion like they do his. I want to be that good. And I have spoken to wrestlers in WWE way high up over the last week that have, have told me that they read his stuff. They valued his opinion. People would go check out his reviews and see if a show was worth watching. I feel that every wrestling company that has put out good product over the last 15 years – owes Larry Zonka a debt of gratitude because there are a whole lot of people that checked out your shows that would not have otherwise because they believed what Larry Zonka said. And if he leaves you a good review, there are going to be a whole subset of people that check out what you're doing. Uh, He was one of my influences. Wish I I got to tell him that. I I interacted with him a few times, and he was nothing but awesome to me. And um, I I did a, a show with Jeremy Lambert today, and... He had kind of mentioned when Jeremy applied for the position that he has right now, 
I didn't have to do an extensive background check of his work. I knew that he worked with Larry Zonka, and that was good enough for me. Because if you're working with a guy like that, you got to be good. And uh, my my thoughts are with him and his family. I still like Four One Mania a lot. They 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 aggregate a lot of our stories. They put a lot of really good stuff out there as well. Always had a positive relationship with them. And Jeremy is family to us, and Larry was family to him. So that hits us hard as well. I encourage you guys. I I've retweeted or posted his GoFundMe. He left behind two daughters and a wife. Please donate to that. I saw Kevin Owens even tweet that link, which was great. Uh, Cody, Malcolm Bivens uh, all donated to this. Um, so I encourage you guys to as well. And it is a, a weird transition. We are going to talk some pro wrestling now. And we have a big show this weekend. AEW Double or Nothing. I want to know, Warren, who did you think won? AEW or NXT? Uh... I think NXT. If this were the battlefield, they took out more of AEW's wrestlers. That's for sure. <laughs> you got a couple of men down on AEW right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex, what do you think? I, I honestly, I, I don't think I watched enough AEW to call it for AEW, but I will say the final image of AEW with their brawl on the field has me hyped for Saturday. But I'm going to say NXT because I don't feel qualified to, to call it for AEW. Yeah, I'm going to go NXT because uh, they got to teach people. They, they got a football field. Teach people how to catch things, for the love of God. <laughs> oh, man. Bad News Burke says, selfless final act uh, for Shad Gaspard, uh, RIP the Gentle Beast. Yeah, that's 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 very heartbreaking. And as we get into NXT, Eloquent says, can WWE look any worse after last night's dark side of the ring? Yeah, I think I think they still could, even though they use that novelty keychain to hold Owen Hart up. Uh, any thoughts on that, guys? Um, the whole thing about dark side of the ring, I feel this season more so than last season was. Um, was how they were able to get the the families, people who were directly uh, touched and affected by these tragedies, to talk. And you know, we've heard the stories. We've heard them all in, uh, in regards to Owen. We've heard the uh, Road Warrior stories. We, uh, you know, even the U the UWF. You know, you always hear the goofy stories, but then when you hear the people who were directly involved in that and who suffered loss through this, and you you listen, especially when it comes to Owen's family his kids you hear them with you know a a frog in their throat the entire time trying not to break down it is something fiercely fiercely gripping and real that overcomes you it's not just a question of what a tragedy a wrestler died in the ring this is a guy that left so much behind and there is still and the wounds are still so so open and fresh and you never feel that there's going to be any real closure. Martha did her absolute best to create some for herself to be able to move on, get her, get her PhD, create the foundation. But even when they talk about it today, when her, when Oge talks about his dad, man, it just, it just strikes you right in the fields. And there's no amount of, capacity to be logical and reasonable and just oh yeah but if you think about it this way no 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 owen hart was a man a family man who uh who who was taken tragically 
and he left so many loved ones behind. And that's something that, that that you just can't that you just can't overlook and you can't forgive either. Tim Traver uh, sends a super chat and says, Alex Warren, Sean, hope you all have a great night. I'm enjoying the night. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this review. Charlie Wolf, thank you for the generous super chat. He says, <laughs> I've realized while watching wrestling, I think Simon Miller and Denise are the positive conscious on my shoulder. Alex is the devil as the negative, and Sean and Warren are somewhere sitting in the middle. That's high praise. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't yet been compared to the devil. That's that's. Uh, I feel like my life's complete now. To your face. <clears throat> well, here we go. We're going to get into uh, NXT. It starts off with Karrion Cross, who obliterates a chopper. <laughs> the North or the Northern Light Suplex into the Doomsday was great. Cross jacket hits, but Tommaso Ciampa comes out and challenges, or doesn't challenge, he straight up says that in your house, it's me versus you. That's a hell of a match to add, Alex. Yeah, it is. Uh, a couple of things. Um, I, I, I've gotten to the point now, the lip syncing ruins that entrance for me. Really? Like, it, it, like it, everything else about it is so great, but the lip syncing is so distracting, so obvious. And so amateurish that it just drops all the other good things about it way down. Um, and I, I think that Killer Cross is really cool, but I don't love that on commentary, like, he has just laid waste to everything in his path since being here. Okay, so he snuck up on Tommaso Chapa once and he destroyed two jobbers. What else has been in his path? Like, you can say nothing. He's really good so he's technically right. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> but I, I, I would be much more impressed. If let's say there had been a guy who I'd actually seen win a match or two on NXT that he had beaten before mm -hmm. Tommaso Ciampa says me and you. Now, am I psyched for Killer Cross, Karrion Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa at In Your House? You're damn right I am. But with the the way super serious entrance and all that stuff and their 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 doomsday thing about it, I feel like you have you have. WWE doesn't do spooky really well. It verges into cartoony, and I and I want to make sure that doesn't happen with this guy because he's really special. Yeah, I I agree. I do want him to be, I want him to be an intimidating ass kicker instead of just goofy. Cactus yeah. Cactus J22 says was NXT taped tonight. Drake Maverick streaming on Twitch as of ten minutes ago. Yep, and. Uh, I, I didn't realize I was I filmed our Q and A show before NXT and AEW, and I couldn't exactly put out there that Drake Maverick was going to be around next week, and I realized that I said it on that show, and I was like, oh wait, I'm not releasing that till tomorrow. We're all good. <laughs> we're, all we're, good. we're all good. I'm not going to get an angry call tomorrow. But yeah, I had heard I think it was yesterday or today that Drake was going to be around next week, and I thought, good. Good, uh, and we will talk about that briefly in in a, in a moment. Joseph Farley says, "My favorite wrestling moment was getting a little kid at an NXT house show to chant that Roderick Strong has crappy little boots." <laughs> we had to censor ourselves, but it was fun. I love, I love that continuing. Uh, but there, there were a lot of they leaned in heavily into the one on one matches tonight for sure. We see uh, Mia Yim beat Santana Garrett. It. It was good to see Santana Garrett recover a bit in the ring based on what we've seen of her of late. And I thought that, that Mia Yim did pretty well too, but pretty straightforward here, Alex. 
Yeah, this is obviously a, basically an enhancement match for uh, for Mia Yim to get into her program with Candice LeRae. Um, it was really funny. As I was questioning whether or not Santana looked more like a, a, a referee magician or a referee lion tamer, they, uh, uh, Beth Phoenix was like, and she sews her own costumes. Oh, oh, that's it then. That's yes. why. Because she has no idea what looks good, because that was not a good look. She had the little cane, and she tossed it aside as she was running down with a little top hat. I don't know. No idea. Fine. Whatever. Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued by, by Mia Yim versus Evil Candice. That seems yeah. like a really good matchup. Mia's the, 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 type, the type of kind of like a baby face with an edge that you need in a first feud for Candice to get her over as this heel. I think that this is a kind of a, a really good spot for Mia. How are you liking Johnny Gargano as Candace's hype man? Because I think it fits really well. I I mean, here's the thing that I love about Johnny is that um, he said, okay, so what's the polar opposite of my, like, rebel heart guy? Yeah. The most douchiest douche in the world. Like, that is perfect. Like, it's a, it, him as a heel is the farthest thing. We, we loved rooting for Johnny because he was kind of like, you know, like he had spunk and moxie. But he was never like you know like arrogant at all. Like so, here's the thing: as a heel, let's just turn all that up to twelve. Like it's good. I'm into this at all I, I, a lot. I like it a lot. We saw the two cruiserweight matches for the tournament. We see Akira Tazawa, uh, El Hijo del Fantasma defeats him uh, to go up two one. Uh, and Akira, who is also two one, I believe they both go to the tournament, right? Or no. No, <laughs> this is, so this confusing. is the thing about it. It does. They, they, they could at any point during this match, which was a good match. Yeah. Fantasma and Tazawa had a really good match at any point during this match. They could have said winner of this match wins group B and sure. moves on to the final. Yeah. They never said that. Mm-hmm. So so when Fantasma beats Tozawa, they're both two and one. But Fantasma beats Tozawa head to head. So he's got a tiebreaker. Now, that's very simple. At any point, they could have said that, but they never said it. Okay. So when, yeah. he, when he won, I was like, oh, I guess these guys have a rematch next week. No, they say, Phantasma has won the bracket. Like, oh. Yeah. Ad- admittedly, I watch these with the commentary off because I'm usually listening to a promo on the other right. show, which sure. which kind of takes precedence. But we did see Drake Maverick defeat Kushida. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's like, I'm I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, well they have a match next week too. And obviously I knew that Drake Maverick was gonna win this, but still I was like, wait a second, Kushida is two and what's happening? And yep. I, I mean they were all good matches, and of course we see the Phantasma Lucha Lucha Gangster, Lucha Mobster attack outside. They they leaned heavily into one on one matches and they leaned heavily into the cruiserweight tournament, but also leaned heavily into foggying up the rules and expecting it, it could have. I guess it's easy for me to say they should have cleared it up because I got to watch both of these shows at the same time. Maybe somebody who focuses just on NXT has a better view of that. But uh, how, how do you feel? I mean, I'm, I'm focused on NXT pretty pretty exclusively, and I, I don't remember them ever communicating, especially just once during the actual Tozawa versus Phantasma match. Winner takes the bracket. All you got to do is say that, and they didn't say it. So when Phantasma won, I'm like, well, now they're both two and one. I guess that's a tie. But here's the other thing. On the other side, all three of them are two and one, and it is a tie because each guy 
has a loss to one of the other two and a win against the other of the other two. So they're all two and one having at least one loss or one win versus the others. It's very convoluted, but we're getting a triple threat match on in Group A, uh, Kushida versus Atlas versus Drake Maverick. Um, that the, the Maverick versus Kushida match, I don't know if you want to talk about that right now. I, yes. I really, uh, really enjoyed it. It was, it was Maverick fighting from so far underneath. He was at the Earth's core. That's how far underneath he was. And uh, um, this this was great. Uh, him just fighting. No, you're not allowed to stop this match. I don't care if you snaps my arm. I'm not giving up. That that makes you want to root for a guy like that. And he tries his one offensive move he's ever used in a match during yeah. this tournament. That bulldog from the top rope. And Kushida, because he's friggin' Kushida, has a counter for it, blocks it, goes into the cross arm breaker, and, and Maverick just trying as hard as he can to not have his arm ripped off, rolls him over into the one, two, three. It's perfect. It's mm -hmm. exactly what that ne that match needed to be. The finish was great. And now we got this triple threat. And honestly, guys, uh, I, I, I don't know that Maverick's run can last past this triple threat. Somebody had said, and they didn't send a super chat, so they don't get the shout out. But I want to shit on them a little bit. They said, why complain about something you clearly understand? Everybody who watches sports understands how tiebreakers work. This may come as a shock to you, buddy. Not all wrestling fans watch sports. And I do, but the thing is, I, like many wrestling fans, are watching both shows at the same time. And I don't always hear that. So, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. There are... So many times at WWE across all three brands mm -hmm. where all it would take is a sentence to explain something and make it clearer. And they don't take the time yeah. to mm -hmm. say that. Sentence. Even if they brought it up before, like just, just mention it again. Right. Doesn't, right. doesn't and, hurt. And doesn't hurt. And the other thing is that WWE, other, other promotions love using the round Robin format. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in WWE in mm -hmm. a long time, if ever. So it's a new thing to WWE fans. They don't like. They're expecting a bracket. These two guys fight. The winner moves sure. on to the next round. They're not used to this, so explaining it a little bit would help get people on board. Shotzi Blackheart vignette. I did not like this at all. Like I had mentioned, how a few weeks ago in SmackDown, it seemed like Braun Strowman was on an episode of MTV's Next. I'm a hairy bad boy, and hopefully when she gets a load of me, she won't say, next. The cadence in which she did this, it was, like, I understand it was trying to be different, but god damn, it was, it was awful high the entire time. I like the tank stuff, I like her mentioning people, I just didn't think this was good. I, I'm just wondering if you guys can fill me in on something, I'm a little unclear about this. Does Shotzi Blackheart like tanks? Because it wasn't clear to me from watching this vignette whether or not she's a fan of tanks. Mm. I think that, that it's cool if she's the tank girl thing, but much as it is with WWE a lot, like, okay, her gimmick is that she 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 know she she has she's a tank girl. Great. So the only thing about her is that she's the tank girl. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fine that, that she rides the tank to to the ring. That's cool. It's an extra part of that. I don't think her entire character should be she likes tanks. That's a weird thing for She's her a noted Tank character. Abbott fan as well. Like <laughs> she thought that they really could have taken him further. 
Uh-huh. JJ Lee says, Alex is right. I knew because they said it in a tweet when they announced the match, but that was days ago. Commentary could have repeated it. Hey, and the thing is, for all I know, commentary did repeat it. I just, like I said, I, I'm watching both shows. Timothy Thatcher challenges Matt Riddle to a rematch in a match where you can only win by by knockout or tap out. Just get the hose. Just the water bill's going to be higher this month. <laughs> Cover me in it. I got to watch that last week, about a day after the fact, and oh boy, did well, I right, love la- it! Last week you weren't here, and I and and the first thing I talked about when when, <laughs> when we were talking about the match was oh Sean Sean if Sean were here he'd have like tons of towels just to yeah. dab himself off it was it was a good and i'm not surprised oh man yeah oh goddamn roderick strong defeated dexter loomis via pinfall alex what do you think about loomis taking the l well he's this the thing is that he he lost via like interesting pinning combination mm-hmm. like he didn't get knocked out he didn't he didn't tap out like, it was this weird thing where, like, his legs were crossed up and he was, like, pulled back onto his shoulders. It was a it, it was a very cool technical pinfall orchestrated by Roderick Strong, who's a great technical wrestler. Dexter Loomis didn't, like, you know, get a, a big move done to him that yeah. he couldn't kick out from because he was too dazed. Like, it was just this weird, like, it was it was cool. It's like a little pretzel thing he had him. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I, I like that. Bret Hart beat D-line. Diesel with a small package at Survivor Series '95, and yeah. Diesel was against it, and he had to be talked into it, saying it's a hold. It can catch people. This is yeah. how I'd prefer they do these types of finishes, mm-hmm. as opposed to weird little DQs all the time. Yeah, I I, I think this is fine. You, Loomis. The, the thing was is that he. I'm fine with this because he immediately got his heat back. Like, he got all of his heat back. He got more heat than he had coming into this match. Like, him, like, slithering out of the ring and grabbing um, grabbing Strong while Strong's standing on the floor and he's still in the apron, and then scooting out onto the floor with him to do that little uh, sleeper hold. And I love Bobby Fish coming out and kicking him in the head, and he doesn't release the hold. And, and caught him, Cole comes out, kicks him a bunch of times. He doesn't release the hold. And Bobby Fish has him held, like holding him in place, so Adam Cole can do the last shot to him. But out comes Velveteen Dream and attacks Cole. Like yeah. this, this inadvertent alliance between Dexter Loomis and Velveteen Dream is very interesting to me. If only because you don't usually see the horror movie villain and the outspoken flamboyant black dude as best friends. Usually, the outspoken <laughs> flamboyant black dude is the first victim of the horror movie oh. villain. So I, I'm totally into these two guys being this odd couple, and uh, odd coupling in in NXT is always interesting to me. Yeah. Like the Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle thing, I didn't know where that was going to go, and the Broserweights like blew the roof off the joint for me. So Loomis and Velveteen Dream, yeah, let's do some more of that. Eloquent says apparently Scarlett herself sang the vocals for Killer Cross's theme. Yeah, she did, which uh, very impressive because pretty good. Like when I first heard that, I was like. Did they license like an Evanescence song or something? What is that? I thought they did. She did really good with that. Uh, we get a Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher cage match in the future. Again, get the hose. Just yeah. uh, check on me every once in a while. Make sure I'm okay. I hope <sighs> I hope it's in an MMA cage. Like I the hope lines it's like, in. Yeah, th- or, that's yeah. that's what I need. Like the the little chain link thing would be fine. Yeah. But like no escape. 
that none of that. Just just these two dudes in a in a confined space ripping each yeah. other to shreds. More of that. Our guy Rafael Garcia says intergender match with Yim and Lee versus Gargano and Larray, please. Yeah, Keith Lee showing up to help his his lady Mia Yim. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. That, that that's good for Mia Yim because it's like she wasn't getting another title shot anytime soon. No. She was out of that picture, so where she is, I think is fine. We have Io Shirai defeating Rhea Ripley by disqualification because Charlotte gets involved. I guess this is an okay way if you're going to the triple threat match to do it that way. Io hasn't been beaten, Rhea hasn't been beaten, and the the triple threat will be no DQ. Alex, right? Yeah. Um, also, and, and, also, I just want to point out my favorite spot of the match: Rhea Ripley doing the short arm clotheslines and finishing it with a short arm drop kick. I love that. That was good stuff. Yeah, very cool stuff. Uh, uh, these Rhea Ripley and Io are really cool. It's a good clash in styles. Rhea Ripley's just this, you know, big athletic giant basically in the women's division, and Io Shirai pinballing all over the ring trying to get her down. I think it's good. Um, uh, I, I was I was hoping for a Charlotte interference. Just so I can get that triple threat match, and mm-hmm. hopefully Charlotte loses and goes to Raw or SmackDown or both for all I care. Both by I, the looks of it. Yeah, by the looks <laughs> of it, um, they're going to come up with a rule to the brand to brand invitation that it doesn't actually apply to Charlotte, and she's allowed on both brands infinity number of times. But um, did we say four? I, we left a zero off. <laughs> <laughs> two zeros. Two zeros. Yes. Um, I I liked the the, the I usually hate when the champion interferes in the number one contenders match, because they know that it's going to lead to a triple threat. Like that's one of the things that happens all the time. But I like in this one, Charlotte just came down to watch. She wasn't getting involved. She just wanted to intimidate both of them. And then EO sends Rhea into Charlotte, knocks her down. So Charlotte, because she's an egomaniac, can't be embarrassed in that way. So she takes it to heart and then without thinking attacks both of them. That's a different thing than like trying to get the match DQ'd. Oh, there's no winner, right? Well, that means I don't have to defend my title against anybody. Yes. Like the Miz special. Because like she's that, that doesn't work. And she's got to be smarter than that because she's been a champion yeah. a billion times. Exactly. So I really dig that. Charlie Wolf says, I love Charlotte, but I'm waiting for her to come out and give us an I am the game uh, promo. <laughs> I enjoy Charlotte's work right now a lot more than I enjoyed Triple H's 2003. 2004 work when that was going on like it it's not close to me like and go ahead warren i don't care and i know the comparisons that people make because they have the impression that charlotte just steamrolls through everyone and she gets everything that she wants and we're a far cry from triple h the the barry the barrier triple h Mm -hmm. with the shovel we're a far far cry from that uh you know i think people just have a very short fuse when it comes to charlotte ty noel says R.I.P. Vanguard won. We can now only classify him as obsolete, and Ciampa's going to pay the totem pole. Tick tock. I am essential, and I pledge fidelity to the destruction of my former self. I am not my corporately mandated persona. I am not my material possessions. I am not reliant on authority to tell me what is right and what is wrong. I will not let my value be based on comments, likes, or follows. I will not seek affirmation from toxic groupthink. I will not filter my authenticity of self. I am essential, and I will speak my truth through words and actions. I will wear betrayal as a wound of battle. I will pursue vengeance with a primitive 
and relentless force. I vow to find freedom. I vow to find purpose. I vow to create something that will last. I am essential, and I control my narrative. Free EC3. You have been warned. We have a super chat from Dante V who says the Owen Hart episode drop kicked me right in the heart. I don't know how anyone would argue with Martha and Oge about not wanting Owen in the Hall of Fame. Rough week for wrestling. R.I.P. Shad and I hope Britt and Phoenix are all right. Stay safe out there, fam. That yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm sure in the past, over over the last several years, that I've thought, oh man, I'd love to see Owen Hart in there in the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. Warren, when I see and hear Martha, like, I, I'd never heard her voice. I'd never seen her say this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you see it, and then, by the way, Oge, who Mark Henry has said, Martha, let him do it. It's his birthright. Well, evidently he was out of fucking pocket because Oge was like, not interested, buddy. Not interested at all. And, yeah, it it, it hit hard. It's... You know, Owen Hart. Owen Hart is a wrestler, and he was a wrestler, and he performed for us, and he was fantastic at what he did. But he doesn't belong to us. He's not ours. Uh, he had a he had someone that he was deeply in love in love with. He had a family, uh, and it's up to them to decide what they do with him. And you could sit here and argue all day, saying why he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, why Martha is trying to keep Owen Hart fans from uh, from uh, truly honoring him. It's not up to us, and it's not up to the fans. It's up to the family because they are the ones who were at the front lines of this loss. We just got to see a glimpse of them. We just got to see Owen Hart, the entertainer, but they were trying to build something together, and you have to respect that. Well, we do have AEW to talk about. We are going to make some quick predictions after this. Uh, Eloquent says, how is MJF not in the top five while being undefeated and having a victory over the number one guy in Cody? Otherwise thought AEW was great. MJF beat Marco Stunt tonight. I I like the match. Him using the Fujiwara armbar. I did not expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. But That's I'm open, nice. open to see how it goes. But he beats Marco Stunt, obviously. I didn't think this was his best promo work being like, nobody will kiss you type of thing. I thought that could have been better. But also, I think AEW could have played up Luchasaurus, Wardlow, face-to-face a lot more. And maybe they will Saturday. Maybe they will Saturday. But otherwise, I thought this was okay. But again, MJF's not not his best promo work. Still decent. It's just there's such a high bar for his promo work that it's like, okay. And uh, otherwise, I thought this was pretty good. What did he say? He said, I I let one of my rats— Come and give a kiss. Uh, woo! Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I agree. This was fine. This did exactly what it had to do. And, uh, you know, what's great about Marco is that uh, whoever wrestles Marco looks like they're, uh, looks like they're Samson, right? Because they toss him around like that belly-to-belly overhead suplex that he that he hit on Marco. was just like, okay, he, he looked like a powerhouse. Um, I guess Jurassic Express must have been looking for the golf cart to to do the run in. That's probably that's the only explanation because because they sure waited a while before running in to save 
to save Marco. And I agree. You know, they could have played up. I think there'd be just a, a nice little side angle, a little side feud with um, with uh, 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 Luchasaurus and Wardlow. It's not as if Wardlow's doing re- anything really interesting. You could just give him a little something and you have a blow-off on a dynamite. It doesn't have to be a big pay-per-view thing. But uh, no, this this was fine. Did exactly what it had to what it had to do. Uh, add some interest to their match on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Uh, elsewhere on this show, uh, there was Brody Lee showing up and cutting a bit of a promo. How did you feel about this? The, the Brody Lee stuff isn't clicking for me, and I think it got started off on such a, a sour thing because they leaned so heavily into the Vince thing. It's just not clicking for me, and I hate that, but it's just not. There's there's just something that's not that's missing, and I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know if it'll change once uh, Uno and Stu Grayson start popping back with them, but right now it feels it feels like too much of a one man show when the Dark Order should be more of a an ensemble cast. You know, it's it, it's it's not as much a movie vehicle as. Uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, let's put it that way. Uh, the um, the I like I like the 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 idea of the character. I like how they shifted the Dark Order to be more to to be less of a creepy cult and more like um, an MLM. That's really the only uh, yeah. that's the best definition I can uh, or the best comparison I can come up with. Um, but uh, there's something there, there's something that's just not connected, and it's again, it's not because Brody Lee is a bad promo. That guy can talk. Yeah, it's just there's that thing that's missing right now, and can't quite put my finger on it. The, th- the thing that about it, uh, that that still hasn't clicked with me is that I'm I, I look at him and I see Luke Harper, like, and I, I feel like Luke Harper is Brody Lee. If that makes sense, like the giant bushy beard and the and the long hair, yeah, that doesn't fit the guy in the suit. Like if he had first showed up with like a, a like a really excellently coiffed head of hair and maybe like a really really nicely trimmed goatee, something like that, like 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 totally different looking from the guy we saw in, in WWE, and he's and maybe I wouldn't watch him going like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like I'm watching him doing it, like the guy I'm looking at. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details doesn't look like the character he's playing if that makes sense like i think a lot would have been would have been able to also take me out of the fact that i'm watching luke harper when mm-hmm. i'm watching a different different character i'm watching he looks like luke harper he acts like somebody different and that's where those things don't connect to me john moxley defeated 10 i love that he did the, the pile driver and stuff I, again I, anytime 
I see almost anybody get offense on Moxley that's like this. I'm like, eh, at least this dude, he, he looked he looked apart a little bit more. Moxley threatened to break his arm if Brody didn't come out. And uh, Brody's like, I'm not giving you your belt back. You can win it back Saturday type of thing. And Moxley's like, fine by me, breaks his arm. <laughs> and that, that's what Moxley has to do. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that that that's that's really the 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 part of the character that's most interesting. Yeah. He just he just wants what his what's his. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I loved his uh, his Gotch style pile driver. Like it, it looked magnificent. Yeah. It was really really good. Um, I on the other hand didn't it didn't bother me that Ten got all that offense in on Moxley. Um, and, and you know because. For, for, and then people can probably call me out on, well, you complained about about Omega versus Angels a few weeks ago that Angels was getting too much offense in. Here's the thing, is that Ten is an established character, and he's signed, and he has a part to play in the Dark Order thing. So if he's Brody Lee's chosen champion, and he, his job is to soften up John Moxley, well, he goes in, yeah. and he comes across that, and that's something that you carry week after week. Angels was there because they were working with 30% of their roster. Yes. They were local talent out of QT Marshall School, so we're going to put them on. And that's why it, it's still weird to me that Kenny Omega uh, had a competitive match with him. Well, and, and it, to, to AEW's credit, they put him in competitive matches with Ray Phoenix and Sammy Guevara since then. That way it's not like, oh, well, he's never going to be on our show again. Like, he's he's at least shown up and had... Similar performances against other pretty established talent, but it's much less surprising to see Ten come out and and fight with Mox and actually get some offense on him, toss him around a bit because he's playing a part in the storyline. He's a signed talent. We know this guy because we've seen him. We even seen him on Dark Beat Up Dudes. So there's you know Good there's point. there's yeah there's backstory to this. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that the that something I loved so much about the arm breaking thing is that there was there's a, a logic to it that does not exist with quote unquote baby faces or even tweeners in WWE. He just would have broken the guy's arm in WWE. Just would have done it. Yeah. And this like like um, uh, Moxley going saying to Brody Lee, "Come out here in ten seconds, or I'm gonna break this guy's arm." Like like I don't want to do it, but I got I gotta do something to get you to come out here because this guy's your favorite, right? Like he, and making fun of the guy to his face, okay, fine. But when Brody Lee blatantly refuses to, Moxley has to break yep. his arm because he because he didn't because that was the deal. The deal was you come out in ten seconds or I break this guy's arm. You didn't come out. Now I got to, and it doesn't read as cruel like Drew McIntyre murdering Eric Rowan's pet for no reason. Like a couple weeks for for WrestleMania is supposed to make us cheer Drew McIntyre. Or just makes him look like a dude who murders pets. I, I don't this, know. It lo thing. looked to me like a guy who wrote off a shitty storyline to me, and I was, <laughs> I was like, Drew. Yeah, it's true. But um, of the night, the <laughs> gosh, I, f I almost forgot where. Oh, okay. So the the longer that time passes, the more I appreciate Bret Hart's work as a babyface because he wasn't a gosh gee golly, oh, I appreciate all you people type of guy. He was a I make promises and I keep them baby face. And that's yeah. kind of like what John Moxley's doing now. He's like, I just told you I was gonna do this, and now you're making me. Hmm. 
Uh, Tony Schiavone has a bit of a face-off with Jake the Snake Roberts and Arn Anderson, who cut promos. They talk about Mike Tyson appearing at AEW Double or Nothing. And I got to say, I wasn't here last week. I love them getting Mike Tyson to appear here because he's in the news Mm -hmm. lately. Uh, I mean, right now, if him and Evander Holyfield fight in an exhibition freak show fight, it does a million pay-per-view buys right now. Five rounds of those two. Uh, it'll be a train wreck, though. But oh, of course fun. it'll be a train wreck. But, I mean, people buy Barstool Sports Rough and Rowdy. Like, they, they sure. buy that stuff. So why not this? And, uh, yeah, they, they did the the face-off. What would you think of it, Warren? Um, I think one of the reasons why I, AEW didn't quite do it for me tonight is because of there was a lot of talking and it's not something I'm used to watching AEW. They're mostly to the, especially in the first hour, they just dive right in. You give us some matches and most of the promo work is going to happen in the second hour where then, you know, things start to slow down. You get a couple of enhancement matches. You have MJF comes out, cuts his promos. And, but in the first hour, we got not a lot of stuff. And this was glaring to me. I, I'm not sure I liked it all that much, despite the fact that you have two legendary, fantastic talkers between Roberts and Anderson. But at some point, it felt just a little scattered. Like uh, um, uh, Jake Roberts, at some point, you know, sort of half challenges Arn Anderson to imagine. Anderson's like, say that again, you know? And it didn't have flow, or at least... Maybe they were expecting crowd reaction or waiting for crowd reaction, which is normal. You know, at some point, these things are reflexes. That's what you that's what you're, you're taught when you do your promos. You sort of milk the audience and there's no audience. These guys are old school, so on and so forth. I, I get it. But I I felt the promo sort of drag things down, other than the fact that we learned that, um, that uh, Mike Tyson is going to have free reign of the area so he can get involved. That was heavily implied. And that Arn wants to spine Buster Roberts because he's doing DDP yoga. Hell, if either Roberts or Arn Anderson bump at Double or Nothing, that's <laughs> going to be a big deal that's in just, and about itself. going to explode into a cloud of dust. Like, <laughs> like I, I, like well, this thing. You WWE has been uh, had had a few rap battles. We had a rasp battle. In this issue, <laughs> man, just going. Uh, how uh, long? Uh, how long have you been waiting to crack oh, that one out? Oh well, all night. But like, like that. But this, this is. Uh, I mean, it, this was actually kind of fun because I'm. I'm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember seeing a lot of Arn Anderson versus Jake the Snake face-offs during their heyday. No. This is kind of cool to see two legends who never got to come face to face way back in the day. They get to do it now. That's kind of cool. I, I agree with you, like, the execution was off, but it was kind of a cool moment just to see those two guys do that. And they, they they mentioned it themselves. There has never been, like, an Arn Anderson versus Jake Roberts. It, it just hasn't happened. Uh, so it, it, that in about itself was cool. I just, I don't know. It was a it was a weird segment. I don't know what it accomplished, really. It didn't get me more hype for the match on Saturday. I will say that I'm I'm happy that, AEW isn't above keeping people like Cody and Archer off the go home show and letting somebody else do the work. It's a different approach. Different sure. doesn't mean wrong. Uh, different was what we saw out of Pac. He is sitting at home. He cuts a promo saying that. 
says Ray Phoenix is an assassin and he'll destroy Orange Cassidy tonight. I need you all to be brief in your thoughts here, but share them. Pac said himself, I was forced to sit at home to weather the storm never again. That sent a chill up and down my spine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm here. You, you've just sold me a ticket to the Pac Film Festival. Everything <laughs> he's done on a pre-recorded thing out like it's all been like super arty and really cool. This whole thing where like like um Pac in his gear with the, with surgical mask on with with the with the, the the covid mask on like like filmed so he's looking right like next to himself in in full full like actual clothes and they just like look at each other for a second. That was really really cool. I'm I'm so into this this version of the guy that we got for a second, literally kind of almost a second in WWE as the bastard Neville. Like this pack, it's so rich. There's so much more that you can delve into with this guy. I'm so excited for him to come back soon, I hope. Anakin JMT says, I agree with Alex. I've had a hard time seeing Brody Lee as all I see is Harper. Thank you for Alex for saying what I feel so eloquently. Reminder, guys, you can donate a super chat and get your question or statement read on the air. Uh, well, we'll get to this one about the greatest match ever after AEW because that's definitely not one for the AEW show. But uh, <laughs> uh, up next, Ray Phoenix took on Orange Cassidy, and it's a good thing Orange Cassidy could even compete tonight after what I saw last week. Uh, I did like that Cassidy was pretty well straight from the beginning because he, he sent his boys back and was was working. This was a lot of fun, except for the fact that nobody could catch anybody. And now I got to see a BTE skit where they're at the field tossing football and nobody catches it. They <laughs> Not only that, they just turn around and look the other way. Yeah. Nobody it's, caught anybody. Uh, Colt Cabana had a beautiful moonsault. Phoenix almost died, and I saw people blaming <sighs> blaming the people catching him. You know what? Phoenix didn't do a great dive. Also, no. Phoenix did a double springboard there, and you could see some of the guys preparing themselves to catch him. And it's like, well, one, why did he do a fucking double springboard? Because they all got to sit there like, Hey man, <laughs> sup? It looked stupid. It all looked bad. It uh, it was a black eye on a good match. I thought. Yep, yep. I agree. Uh, the the no, it, it, it wasn't just one person's fault. There was a uh, uh, it was a collection of uh, of things. But it was it was a weird decision for 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 Phoenix to do. Otherwise, this like you said, this was a fun match. It was my it, it was the most fun match of the night. In my opinion, I thought there was a lot of good stuff. Um, the um, you know, Phoenix just bit the beat the shit out of Orange Cassidy during yeah. the commercial. Oh my god, did he just whoop him around? I like the exchange that they had at first between between them both with Ca uh, with uh, Cassidy, uh, his hands in his pockets. I thought you know, cute, fun, good way to start the match, and that snap power bomb, springboard power bomb that Phoenix did. Ooh, that was pretty pretty stuff, and I. You know, it was just enough crazy Phoenix for me to to just make me feel good about it because the, the the pace was really good, and then we're gonna get the really crazy insane Phoenix stuff this weekend. So I, everything was nice and measured. The dives at the end were what they were. 
Um, they sucked. They were terrible. Alex, it looked like you had something to say about that. I was just going to say, like, like the I, I didn't see it live, but I saw the the, the <laughs> gif of Phoenix just going straight up and straight down onto his head, and I was like, dude, come on! Like all of all, like that that's that's he did not get as much length as he needed to, but somebody like. Just throw your legs out. Do something. He he got all the long jump and... length of William Refrigerator Perry on that. Like, <laughs> no woof. Not good. Not good. Woof. Scary looking. Uh, Alex Marvez interviews John Moxley, who says things will only get worse for Brody Lee. And then we see the Sean Spears news. Mm-hmm. Now, when I saw this, I was like, oh, I hope it's not a Randy Orton ripoff. It's different enough for me. And also, the Randy Orton thing was seventeen years ago. But uh, this is different enough for me. He challenges Dustin Rhodes to a match this Saturday, and I'm fine with that too. And Spears says, why aren't I in the top five? I like that because it gives you a reason to give a shit because you know they give a shit about Mm -hmm. these rankings. Uh, Warren, I I like this. Very simple, well executed. Uh, Like the comment where he said, you know, uh, you know, maybe where he, he, he basically saying that, Dustin Rhodes had retired, which was false. You know, and saying, you know, that's a, I know it's a tough pill to swallow for you. Although 12 years ago, swallowing pills wasn't all that hard for you. And I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, that was a good one. Uh, and, um, yeah. And I like the fact that he leaned into the fact, I like the fact that he leaned into the fact, how about that? Uh, uh that the, that the ratings, uh, the rankings do matter because he said, he said it himself. It's like, uh, you know, he said rankings matter here. So I want a match. I want to win. Why am I not on the pay-per-view? There you go. Yeah, uh, the the one thing that I that I would have liked is the, to have uh, Dustin sell for a few more weeks the Lance Archer beating. Um, like, Cody getting revenge on Archer as part of their match for what he did to Dustin doesn't work as well if Dustin has a match on the same card that Cody gets his revenge. Like, it, it doesn't doesn't have the same impact if he had been out for a month or so, it would have felt a little bit a little bit more weighty that beating. But that's that's just nitpicking, I guess. JJ Lee says the true lost art isn't in selling; it's the catch. No one stands in there like a true base anymore. Lots of arm catching or no catching, if you ask Phoenix. I think it's just as much on Phoenix as anybody. Also, I would prefer them to perfect the art of not making it look like you're catching someone. Just yes. make it look like it's, you know, you know what I mean. Oh, another unfortunate spot. Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida, they lost to Nyla Rose and Britt Baker DMD. There's not The story of this match is the weird spot that they thought would be a good idea where they slam Nyla Rose onto Britt Baker. Even in theory, I would have thought this is a bad idea. But it was definitely a bad idea because they landed and crushed Britt Baker's right leg. She was holding it. She got slammed. Nyla had to drag her, I'm sure that was wonderful for her, drag her to the corner, tag her in, and she was getting checked. Here's Mm -hmm. to hoping Britt Baker, one of the most improved wrestlers in the world from an all-around performer standpoint, Mm -hmm. is okay. Uh, I've I've asked AEW, I do not know yet what that status is, but oh my god, it's it's rough. And um, Nyla Rose gets the win. But Britt Baker got fucked up. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not. It's it's definitely not a good not a good look. And then yeah, we were talking about it before getting on before coming on air. I was like, I was trying to to remember when they were recapping the pay per view this Sunday and they were going through the matches. I don't remember them saying Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander, which had been announced. I don't remember them going into it again. So is that why we're suddenly getting Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes? You know, maybe. Look, we'll we'll see what happens, but no, like honestly, this would be at a at the worst possible time. But then again, Britt's character now would allow for her to walk around in a cast or whatever and just be Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, just being passive aggressive towards everyone mm. on commentary. That would still work. She could still have her snippy little quips with uh, with Tony Schiavone and yep. whoever else. It would still work. We, yeah. I think there would still be room for Brit to be on TV and perpetuate her character. But my God, yeah. it would be such a bummer if she couldn't wrestle for a while. Fingers crossed, anyway. It's a bummer if, if, she's, if she's seriously hurt. But if anybody can take being hurt and turn it into something awesome for her character, like going around in a wheelchair, and then after a while she's got like yeah. a walking boot and a cane and all this kind of stuff. She could, she could totally play this up for as long as she's out. She could make it be so much a part of her character. It'd be, that would be excellent. And really then excellent. when, then when she's good to go, she's got a couple ready-made feuds. Just, that's right. Just, just ready. Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. This was Matt Hardy's first singles televised win since the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which Jesus. will happen when they sit you for 14 months out of the next two years. Uh, Sammy is amazing. And You're right. Sammy is in a spot where, you know, he's facing a guy who's in his final years. And he made Matt Hardy look like a million bucks. And let me tell you, you don't got to make Matt Hardy look like a million bucks. Because as we saw with the Ricochet match, he's very good anyway. And very similar skill sets between Sammy and Ricochet. But the way that Sammy takes that fucking twist of fate. Oh my god. That's insane. There's a UFC fighter named Bryce Mitchell who once got his ball sack tangled in a power drill. I would like to think that that somehow looked about like Sammy Guevara taking a twist of fate from Matt Hardy. <laughs> By the way, that guy is undefeated since doing that. So good luck, Sammy. <laughs> oh, but, there you go. Whoo, boy. Um, this was a good match. This was a this was a really fun, fun match. Uh, and um, I echo everything that you said. The In fact, you know, Sammy Guevara, his counter out of the twist of fate at first the first one he yes. was supposed to take wow that was cool um he, he, he had a great corkscrew tope to the floor matt hardy took a beating like a champ um and i it it was it, it was great it was a really really fun match and it just just goes to show you that matt hardy still has he still has things to give right he still mm -hmm. has something to offer in the ring if he's going up against a uh, a young guy one of the guys that everyone is you know heralding as one of the next future superstars he can get in there and have a good match with him and and look convincing not look broken and i'm not being silly but you know it's like not not looking hurt or you know uh, a little rigid in what he's trying to do 
looking good, yeah. fluid. Both both guys played off of each other's strengths. This was what's fa- what was fantastic about this match. Told a good story as well. I loved it. Anakin, or actually uh, Evan Wright says, Hangman with the Hail Mary Lariat made my week. Oh boy, here we go. Rob Bookin says, you guys are awesome, but if you're getting beat down, I am not running 100 yards for any of you. <laughs> Warren has already died once, so it's not worth it. Oh boy. This was good. Now, I didn't get to catch the very end of this, but what I saw was amazing. You get the the inner circle uh, attacking Kenny Omega. I, I found it very hilarious that Jake Hager just threw a bucket of water. <laughs> yeah, were they waterboarding him? Was that the thing? That was such a wonderful, like, because Jake Hager's whole style is so much like the bad guy's biggest friend yes. in the 80s yes. movie yes. like that with the with the polo shirts and the in the slacks like Amazing. like the like James Spader plays this smarmy dude in high school and his biggest friend from the high school throws a bucket of water on the Jake hero. Hager like, is Brigitte hey man you're all wet that's what Jake Hager is <laughs> Jake Hager is Brigitte Nielsen from Beverly Hills Cop 2 <laughs> but shorter <laughs> Oh, this is good. And, of course, Hardy shows up and, and joins the brawl. Hangman Page returns to even the odds and the inner circle hightail it. Well, that leaves this. Uh, well, any any final words on this show, Warren? I just thought it was a missed opportunity to not have a couple of camera angles just to see Adam Page running. Maybe do a little like a Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know, where, where you see him running and then it cuts back to someone and then – is he is he running forward or is he still like at the same the same spot and then he just hits a buckshot lariat out of nowhere? This I, I thought it was great. Love the final scene where you have the elite plus Hardy in the middle of uh, in the uh, at the field and uh, Hangman Page is like I'm out of here. I love it. I I can't wait for this this weekend for that sweet sweet Matt Jackson Hangman Page feud. Mm, mm, I love yep. it. So, uh, Zach Barber does say Britt and Statlander was in the rundown. We are about to get into our predictions. We're going to wrap up these super chats. Anakin JMT says, Martha Hart has made it possible to say the name Martha, which has been poisoned since Batman versus Superman. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've not watched that movie, admittedly. Oh, don't. And uh, we get a super chat saying, what are Warren and Alex's take on the greatest match ever? Man, WWE loves to hammer these slogans down. I can't wait for five spears and ten RKOs. Uh, hey, you know what? That'd be better than what they did at WrestleMania. Uh, what are what are your brief thoughts on that one, Alex? Well, uh, my briefest thoughts were when they first had Charlie Caruso say it into the camera, all serious, like when they had the Randy Orton uh, 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 corpsing. Corpsing. <laughs> And I, I I tackled on sour graps for like four minutes straight <laughs> to end the show because that's that's how funny it is to me that Randy Orton and Edge at this stage of their career would have the greatest match of all time. That's I, I had somebody that said, "Well, how? Who are you to say it won't be?" And I said, "Who are you to say that Akira Tozawa versus Gentleman Jack Gallagher won't be?" It's literally anything could be the greatest wrestling match of all time. Uh, Warren, what do you think? I don't understand what they're doing with this promotion. I really don't. They're they're setting themselves up for failure. It's just really weird. I don't get it. I just Not don't to mention, get it. Drake Maverick tonight said Kushida is the greatest wrestler in the world. If that were true, wouldn't he have to be in this match yeah. as a triple threat? 
Uh, I can't tell you how many times reviewing WWE I have said, I do not know what they are doing with this promotion. So good of Warren to uh, reiterate that. Cheers. Well, here we are. Predictions for AEW Double or Nothing. I am very bummed out that I don't get to be there for it. Uh, Charlie Wolf uh, sends a super chat. I will get to you. Actually, we'll go ahead and get to it right now. He says, I couldn't join in until after Raw, but Zelina casually referring to Charlie as Charles made me laugh way too hard. Yeah, and Seth always calls her Chuck. I dig that. Yeah. But I call I call her Chaz on Saturday. Ah, there you go. AEW, double or nothing, Jacksonville. This is Saturday, reminder, guys. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. I would be shocked if this match happens. Who do you got winning it if it does, Alex? Uh, Britt Baker. Yeah. She should. Yeah, it has to be Brit. Has to be Brit, especially now. Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Do you think Sean Spears picks up the win here and he does crack that top five? I mean, quite frankly, for a while they had him spinning his wheels. I think uh, the uh, I think they will be setting Sean Spears up as the first challenger to the TNT Championship, and I think it would make a lot of sense to go down that route when you consider who my pick is going to be for that. Alex, um, it should be Sean Spears. Yeah, I mean, Dustin Rhodes we thought was dead for a while after that whole thing with Lance Archer. So, tag title top contender match on the buy-in Private Party versus Best Friends. No disrespect to Private Party, I don't think they're quite ready in the ring. There's still some seasoning to be done there. Trent and Chuck, uh, yeah, they're ready. They're more than ready. I think best friends are going to win this. Alex, what do you think? Best friends. Yeah, same thing here. I, I'd even say private party from I think their honeymoon period lasted a couple of months, yeah, and then st- things started to drop. Uh, I don't think they're uh, they've lost some, if you ask me. Uh, best friends for sure. MJF versus Jungle Boy. MJF has got to win this, and he's got to continue his ascent. This guy is, he's probably poised for a world title match this year. Him and Moxley, I think, would do wild business for AEW. Yep. So I'm, I'm going MJF, Warren. Same thing. Uh, and for the exact same reasons, you keep this guy undefeated. You keep, that, that'll actually be bigger than the belt, right? It's like, it will, you know, breaking the, breaking the undefeated streak. Uh, there's too much money in MJF right now to be wasted on Jungle Boy. And I have uh, quotes, air quotes up. It's not a real waste, but, you know. MJF wins. Uh, he may may do it via chicanery just because he can um, to maybe kind of protect Jungle Boy a little bit. Um, but it, the big thing is it's going to lead into several Wardlow versus uh, Luchasaurus matches, which I'm totally here for some Haas battles. <laughs> Nyla Rose defends the AEW Women's Championship against Hikaru Shida. No DQ. Alex, who you got here? I think Nyla probably retains. Yeah, I would say probably. Mm-hmm. See, the thing, I, I feel like Nyla Rose, since coming back in 2020, she has she as well has improved quite a bit because last year... It was not a good year for her. A lot of her offense wasn't connecting. She looked soft. She was a little sloppy. And I think she's tightened up a lot of her problems. And I think she she does make a good champion. 
I think Sheeta is a much more rounded performer, can have better matches with more people. But do you stop Nyla Rose's push at this point? It's a hard one to call. My God, I'm going to go with Hikaru Shida because I think it'd be a bold move. Anakin JMT says, who do you all think finally beats MJF? I think it's probably John Moxley or Cody. One of those Mox. two. Mox. We have the stadium stampede, which I'm very excited for. I'm so excited for this match. The inner circle, it's Jericho, Sammy, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz against the Elites, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Matt Hardy. Uh, Bucks and Hangman Page are just, I'm so glad they're back. Yeah, I feel like the inner circle could end up winning this, Warren, and we lead to that dissension. I think there's going to be dissension regardless. That, that that's how well they've been playing the the whole the whole thing. Um, and look, I think the elite. I think the elite is going to win here. I think, and I think it'll be fine. I think it's still going to continue. It's still going to continue the the, the dissension with Hangman Page, which has been so well played. I, honestly, I think Hangman Page is going to get the win for the elite. And he's going to get – and then he's going to screw off again. That's the only reason why the Elite are putting up with him. It's because he's getting wins at this point. So that's my that's my prediction. Alexander? Inner circle. Yep. I think so as well. Cody versus Lance Archer, TNT Championship. To me, I think it has to be Cody because it immediately puts the TNT Championship – on the same plane with the World Championship, or you can say that, because this man cannot win the World Championship, and we all know he's good enough to. Uh, and I'm okay. I know a lot of people eventually are going to be like, oh, Cody, booking himself. Booking it. You know what? He's over right now. He's been over, and he's the right person perception-wise to win this. Alex, your thoughts? I think Archer wins it, and I think Cody wins it from Archer not too long from okay. now, I think, and then I think Cody has a long ring with it. I think that that there's still there's still more to to mine with Archer being a completely undefeated monster guy with a belt around his waist. Morn, I think Cody gets it. Instant prestige. Uh, it's the way to go when you're creating a new title. Put it on a top guy. Anakin JMT sends a super chat and says. I want to know what you guys think they're going to have to grab in the casino ladder match. I mentioned it on Listen Ye Boy. I think one of the decoration chips from last year's Double or Nothing. Like they might have like a scaled down version of like a big poker chip or something mm -hmm. like that. What do you guys think? I th I, it seems to me, and I'm just making a quick, quick search here, but it seems to me that they... That that's what they were saying it was going okay. to be. I, I feel like I read that somewhere. Um, yeah, it's a casino chip that's going to be recovered for the world title shot. It's going to be. Is it going to be one of those big ones? Probably. I hope they they, they probably have them somewhere. But yeah, uh, that's my guess. Any thoughts, mm -hmm. Alex? No, I'm 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 right there with you. <laughs> Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and TBA. First question, who is TBA, Warren? Marty Skrull. No, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, by, seeing Pac tonight maybe, you know, got me a little excited. I, 
I've I've thought about the idea of a new hire, Drew Gulak, mm-hmm. or both members of FTR. I don't know, but how's Brian uh, Cage doing these days? What's Brian Cage doing these days? The thing is, is it, it'd be curious to me uh, for AEW to be spending money on new hires when in the situation that we're in right now. It just seemed odd to me, but hey, it's pro wrestling. We've seen weirder, um, but uh, and honestly, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be half surprised to see Marty Skrull pop up. Right, he's going to be the the great emancipator. It's going to bring Ring of Honor, New Japan, NWA, and AEW all together. I'll just say this: I would be extremely shocked based on what I've heard <laughs> to see him there. Um, Alex, any thoughts on who TBA is? Um. It's either going to be really awesome, out of left field, a really cool new hire, or somebody we haven't seen in a while, or it'll be entirely disappointing. And I don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah, it'll be like one mistake. It'll be like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, it's, I guess that makes sense. It's AEW, you know? so you can count on it going lights off, then lights <laughs> off. Now, now, what I think would be fucking hilarious is if they were like, well, we had a big surprise for TBA, but the match ended before he could enter. Right, yeah. like that would be kind of funny. I love uh, that rule, by the way. I it's love so it. Cool. That's I think the thing. it's so so good. It's hard to come up with new gimmick matches, and I think mixing the Royal Rumble and a casino and a ladder match—that's yeah. brilliant. That's way better than the Battle Royal. Way mm-hmm. way better than the yep. five yeah. people out at a time yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, I think so cool. I think TBA is gonna win, or man, this is mainly tag people. Or Darby Allen, TBA or Darby Allen, probably. How about you, Warren? The thing is, is that you know Darby. Let's not forget that the stake is for a is for a title shot. Uh, is it a world title shot or a, it's not like Money in the Bank where you can cash in on anything, right? It's, I think it's a, I think it's world title. World title, yeah. And you see, Darby was just in that picture and he lost. I wouldn't put him back in there again. Uh, not so soon, anyway. Uh, yeah, I think TBA is probably going to be, uh, is going to be the winner. I mean, if he's, if he's still alive, I'm, I'm in on Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley. That'd be a lot of fun to yeah. watch. That's the thing. This, this sets up a great TNT main event in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, even if it's Darby Allen, like Darby Allen versus John Moxley, sign me up for that. I'll, I'll watch that happen. Oh man. Then the main event, John Moxley versus Brody Lee. John Moxley's winning this. Yes. Yep. And that's it. Double or nothing this Saturday. <laughs> I probably need to find somebody to co-host a podcast with me. So if you guys want to, you're more than welcome to. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, well, sorry, just send me a message off the air. But we will have full live coverage. I do my live blog on FightfulSelect.com. Make sure you guys check that out. That's the most direct way to support us. FightfulSelect.com. I have, like, exclusive news up there every single day. I promise you it's worth it. Alex does his show uh, twice a week there, and it's a fantastic show. But Warren, tell the people where they can find you. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I record my podcast live over there every Thursday. So tomorrow evening, 9 p.m. Eastern, head on over there. Subscribe. Come and join us, 9 p.m. Eastern, for the uh, for the podcast. Otherwise, on Twitter, at Mr. Warren Hayes. 
I am considering doing a Super Chat Party show maybe once a month. If you guys would be interested in that, let me know. It'd be very similar to the Q&A shows, but it would uh, be based off of Super Chats, sort of as a preview for Fightful Select. If that's something you guys would be interested in, let me know. I will do it. But until next time, we had the Listen Your Boy today. The Distraction is reviewing wrestling movies every week. This week was The Marine Six. <laughs> they, they are fantasy did they, booking. Did they skip right to six? They, they did. They did. The one? They did. Oh, man. Although the Marine One had that badass scene of Robert Patrick walking away from the explosion. Uh, a yeah. fucking G is he. <laughs> Um, they're, they're bringing you news every Thursday and their, uh, fantasy booking on Saturdays with TEW until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.